Hello, Dave Hollis here. Welcome to this week's episode of the Rise Together podcast. Last week, if you listened, Rachel gave you a behind-the-scenes look at the keynote that kicked off our couples conference, also called Rise Together, when we had 200 couples here in Austin reaching for an exceptional version of their relationship. After she started the day with a conversation about personal development, because we believe that the best way to have a great relationship is to have both parties come to the relationship as whole versions of themselves. I then gave a keynote about my take on personal development because my journey, my entry into personal development was marked honestly by disbelief, by reluctance, by a belief that people who needed personal development were broken, or that in some way, as a man, by reaching for a better version of myself, that it implicated me in not being enough just as I am. So I have a conversation, it's the second keynote of the day from our couples conference, that dives into why people, and why men maybe even more than women, but why people have historically resisted reaching for a better version of themselves by breaking down three big ideas. The idea of limiting beliefs, the idea of mindset, whether you have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset, and the idea of motivation, whether you are extrinsically motivated by things outside or intrinsically motivated by things inside. I hope you like it. It was a conversation that I was giving as slides were running behind me. So if you're interested, I have on my Instagram, Mr. Dave Hollis, posted a post that has some of the slides inside of that post, if it helps to follow along. But I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Here we go. Hi, guys. I'm Rachel Hollis. And I'm Dave Hollis. And we're married. For like 14 years. And together for 16 we have kids. Four kids. Which is like a thousand kids. We've also been foster parents to four kids as well. We're running a business together. We do a lot of things. That is a lot of things. <laughs> but we feel like it's possible, we know it's possible, to have an exceptional relationship regardless of the stresses you have in your life. That's why we decided to do a podcast together. It's called Rise Together. So if you want some tips and tricks on how we kind of get through all the things. This is it. Come on down. Here we go. <laughs> Hello. What are y'all doing here? Wow. Well, I'm married to a pretty uh, amazing human being. Y'all just got to listen to her uh, most days. That's a pretty great thing. Uh, about two years ago, uh, in the midst of the story that she started with of her journey into fully embracing personal development, personal growth, I was at the peak of what to the outside world was great. I was the head of sales at the Walt Disney Company working as the distribution chief on the movie studio side. I'd made more money than I'd ever expected to make in my life. I was working with movie stars and with directors and standing on carpets, and I was miserable. Miserable. Uh, for a whole host of reasons, I was miserable. Mostly, I was miserable because 
selling Star Wars movies and selling uh, Avengers movies to movie theaters who would go out of business if they didn't get one is not that hard of a thing. Think about it just for a second. Uh, so I, I had a job that was unfulfilling, and the unfulfillment spilled into the way I felt about myself, and the way I felt about myself spilled into the way I showed up as a husband, and the way I felt as a husband spilled into how I parented my kids. And the low point of my coming to a conclusion that something had to change, some of you are here because you, a while ago, came to the conclusion that something had to change, you're already running at great speeds and you just want to become a better runner. Two years ago, we went on a great vacation. Rachel got sick on the first day. And I was then watching four small human beings by myself reading the first draft of Girl, Wash Your Face, which kind of pulled the veil back on a few things that I wasn't necessarily that proud of. Chapter five. <laughs> Talking about our sex life. My grandma, Lee, is going to read this chapter about what? And I drank a handle of vodka in about 35 hours. That's like 40 shots. So I was like, a little better than a shot an hour. <laughs> and it was the worst version of me, period, ever. And I had to hit that place for us to have a tough, tough conversation about why I was making choices, why I was modeling to our children, why I was jeopardizing the ability for us to be in relationship that could last the test of time, and how if I didn't take action myself, that there was a pretty strong chance that our relationship was going to go in opposite directions. Right? Rachel started the conversation this morning with this admission that she came back from a personal growth experience. We'd been living in codependent life. She was worried about, for many years, how I might respond to her making choices that served her but didn't necessarily serve me. And instead of pulling away from becoming a better version of her, she did not care what I thought. Thank God for that. I would not be here. Our marriage might not be here. Because she was willing to hold a mirror up to me and have some tough conversations about things I had to hear. I was able to ask different questions about why I found myself where I did. And there's nothing necessarily special about me, there's nothing necessarily special about Rachel. We have what all of you have, access to information, the curiosity, hopefully, to ask better questions, and the motivation to take steps toward a better version of your life. You don't have to get to the place of leverage that I got to that said, I need to fundamentally change my life. I need to walk away from being the president of distribution at the Walt Disney Company so that I can go into business with my wife and move my family to Texas. <laughs> it still sounds crazy. <laughs> Best decision ever, right? But I created some leverage around it. What I've come, though, to realize after having fully committed 
to personal development, though I was the person when I was drug into a Tony Robbins convention against my better judgment, believing 100% that he was a snake oil salesman and a charlatan and was out to take my money, and as a person who grew up in the church, somehow listening to a teacher that didn't have a Bible in his hand was heresy, right? I had these things as preconceptions. I walked into this environment. Leverage was enough that I knew I had to change my life. I decided to go all in, and in doing it, it began a journey that has fundamentally changed my life. And on the journey, I have discovered three big things that were the difference between that skeptical, not believing in the power of personal development person that I was, to believing now that personal development is not for broken people. Sure, if you're broken, it's gonna help. But high performers, people who just want to have a better life, they invest in themselves and invest in personal development on an every single day basis, just like a professional athlete does. No one is judging an all-star who plays on the Rangers for working out in the off-season. And yet, particularly for men, the idea that we would reach for someone who can make us better comes in this wrapped masculinity conversation that we are not enough already, not good already, and it's a lie. So here are the three things. There's this idea of limiting beliefs. I would encourage you to take notes, because here's the thing. Two years ago, I was drinking a handle of vodka. <laughs> I am not an expert on this topic. But I am certain that if you have the same kind of curiosity, if you have the same tug, if you have the same, frankly, disbelief in the value of sitting in this room, Number one, I want to recognize and honor you for pushing through it and choosing to be here. I have more respect, frankly, for the person who doesn't think they should be in this room than the person who knew immediately when tickets went on sale that they should buy one. You will make more of a transformation having decided to be here than the person who's going to incrementally become a better version of themselves because you have a little more space to run in the getting better department. The first is this idea of limiting beliefs. The second is a conversation about mindset. There are two different kinds of mindsets. There's a fixed mindset, and there's a growth mindset. And if you find yourself in one or the other, there are limits to how much you can achieve in the world. And the last of them is this idea of intrinsic motivation versus extrinsic motivation. Are you motivated to do things in your life for yourself, or are you motivated to do things in your life because other people are telling you that they will not love you unless you do? And we're going to get into all three. Because I think if any of them resonate, even if you were to just say, hey, you know what, one of those three, three things resonates, you're going to walk out of here feeling like you can get closer to the 10 years from now version of yourself that you imagined in the meditation. I mean, by the way, pause. The meditation two years ago is a thing I would have said, what are you talking about, Rachel? All right? Let's just be honest. Meditation felt a little bit like witchcraftery and voodoo. And now 
My kids started school this year, and we did a meditation with them about how we wanted them to walk into the first day of school by imagining the way that they were going to be an ally to the, ch the kid who didn't have a friend, how they were going to walk in raising their hand even if they didn't know the answer. It's fundamentally changed my mind, but I, if you were a person who's like, you want us to do a, a meditation? I get you, bro. I was you a second ago. And then I had a conversation with myself, did some work, found some people who could change my mind in these three spaces. You guys, after months of waiting and a year of writing, my new book, Girl, Wash Your Face, is finally out in the world. I wanna thank you so much, every single one of you who has bought the book on ebook or a physical copy or on audio. Your support means the world to me. And if you are listening to my podcast and you haven't yet bought the book, you're dead to me. No, I'm totally kidding but I am serious about how important this book is. I keep talking about it because I sincerely believe there are tools in it that can help change your life. So if you have the $16, I want you to go buy it right now because you love your pal Rach. And if you don't, head to the library or borrow it from a friend. But if you care enough to listen here, you're gonna love the wisdom inside of this book. Girl, wash your face. I promise you will not be sorry you did. Limiting beliefs. What are limiting beliefs? Limiting beliefs are the things that we tell ourselves that keep us from doing the things that we are called to do, right? I had a conversation in the spa, in the backyard of our house with our boys. Every single night, it was the same kind of rule. You can ask any question that you want. My boys at the time were nine, eight, and four. It was usually gross stuff that nine, eight, and four-year-old boys want to ask. But my eight-year-old asks at the time, what is your biggest fear? And he's fishing for like scorpions and tarantulas, because that's like the biggest thing that they can think of fear-wise. And out of my mouth rolls, not living up to my potential. God has given me gifts. He's placed me on this earth and said, do well with these things. And if I get at the end of my life to that 97-year-old version of myself in a rocking chair and look back and think that I've squandered what I've been given, that would paralyze me with fear. The reasons why you will keep yourself from fully living into the potential that every single one of you has. You all have potential. Your potential does not look like my potential. And thank God for that, because the world needs your potential in a way that it does not need my potential. But whatever that thing is, the calling on your heart, the tugging on your heart, don't believe the lies that come up in limiting beliefs. We all do this. I do this. I am an evolved, better version of myself than two years ago. I still do this, but because I've had a conversation with myself about what these things are, I'm able to catch myself before I get too far down a trap that would have me believing that they're actually true. I don't or I do do these things. Well, I'm an accountant, so I definitely can't be a musician. 
Says who? You can, you can, but your mind will play this trick that suggests that you can only do this one thing, that you have some certainty around knowing that you can do it well enough without exposing yourself for not being a master at it, and you stop. I can't. Usually a fear-based limiting belief. I can't do that, which is another way of saying, if I were to try to do this and I failed, I would embarrass myself or expose myself of not, as not being enough, right? I must or mustn't. Mustn't. M what do, mustn't? <laughs> I copied it. It's okay, but mustn't. Uh, these are the things that society would have us believe, right? These are the things that masculinity or femininity what good women do or what bad, good, good men do, what like, society and, and norms that have existed for generations are playing in a loop on the background of your unconscious. And if you're not conscientious of pulling those things forward, you'll just believe them as being true. The guilt that people feel about chasing more, that is perpetrated by generation after generation of what good girls must or mustn't do. Whether you choose to believe it or not will gate whether you go from using your potential or not using your potential. I am or am not, right? I am, I'm not that kind of person. I am. You know what? I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pessimistic. Right? When you tell yourself you're pessimistic, you're basically shutting yourself to being open for the possibilities of what could unfold in your life. And some of you just convince yourself, it's just the way I'm wired. That's who I am. That's how I do. I feel bad for you. You should let that go. And I'm not going to ever play an Elsa song. <laughs> but <laughs> you've got to let that go for real. Others are, others will. Right? What do others do? Right? The thing that kept me from leaving Disney in the midst of unhappiness that drove me to having to really come to grips with drinking or pulling away from my family, I was going on these long runs or coming home and playing video games with headphones on, not being a great dad, not being the husband that Rachel Hollis deserves. And I didn't make a move sooner because I was worried about what other people would think about me making a decision that didn't make sense to them. Who leaves the Walt Disney Company as president of distribution? What will they say? I've been gone 100 days. I can tell you what they say. Nothing. <laughs> Nobody cared. I, <laughs> like, OK, thank you, ego check. Very good. Whatever you're worried about when it comes to other people, trust me when I tell you, they are all worried about themselves. And if you do something and it has a, an impact on them, their reaction is a reflection of how your action has an impact on them in maybe exposing them for not chasing their dreams maybe challenging them for why they think the things that they do. But it does not ever really come down to them thinking, 
I can't believe they're so ambitious or believe so much in their dream that they'd go chase this thing that makes sense to them, but not us. Nobody gives it that much thought. Or how the world works, right? Like, you, see, you hear a story of one dog that's bad, and you assume that all dogs bite. You read, you know, a terrible story about a plane crash in the Andes, and you assume that it's unsafe to fly on airplanes. It was safer for you to get on the airplane that got you here than it was to ride the escalator up today. <laughs> Statistically, it's 100% a fact, and yet you've convinced yourself that airplanes are something that give you a little bit of anxiety. Let go of that. Why do we have these, why do we have these things? Why do we feel these things? Why are we certain sometimes of these things, and why do we let them keep us from fully living into the person that we are put on this earth to become? Either we've had an experience that probably when you're younger taught you, oop, if you touch fire, stoves are hot, stoves are bad, I hate stoves, right? You've had education, right? You grew up with someone who was in a position of authority who told you this is a thing. And at the time, you were like, well, you're the smartest person I know. That's gospel. It's become a capital T truth in my life. I'm going to live it out for the rest of time, regardless of what other stuff shows up to discredit you as a teacher in my world. Faulty logic, right? You start doing these calculations about how much time you've put into believing a certain thing. And on principle, it's like, well, I'm pot committed. You know, I believe two and two is five for so long that it just kind of feels like I gotta take this one to the grave, right? That's just bad math, literally, bad math. Uh, an excuse, right? You tried something once, it didn't work. Rachel's example of going to SoulCycle. I tried SoulCycle, it didn't work. Exercise isn't really for me, you know? Okay, like, again, I feel sad for you for not pushing through a bunch of things that don't work so that you can learn about the things that do and grow from the learning that comes from those that didn't. And fear, and fear governs and drives almost all of the things that we're talking about. Fear of being exposed as a fraud. Fear that if you try this thing, it's gonna have people judge you. Fear, fear, fear. And you get to choose. I've been saying this a lot lately. Whether you think you're gonna have a good day or think you're gonna have a bad day, you're right. Whether you think you ought to be afraid of this thing or be excited about this thing, you're right. The emotions in anxiety and the emotions in excitement, if you were to ask people in two separate rooms to explain the emotional state, they create a list of the exact same thing. Same words. It's perception. Are you afraid of something or you're excited about something? Well, you get to choose it. I hope you choose wisely. Choose excitement over fear. What are my you know, personal limiting beliefs? Preview of the attempt to try and follow up Rachel's book. Well, these are the lies I believe, right? That self-help is for broken people. Here to say it's not. That my work is who I am. The identity of what my job is, the company I work for, the title on my business card, that that defines who I am. Not who I am at my core, not how I show up in my community, not who I am as a father, but my job. That I'm not good enough, right? I don't have experience in this place, so I shouldn't be here. 
I'm standing on a stage talking about personal development. I didn't think that personal development was a thing that would work for me. I was really afraid of making a leap into a partnership with my wife where I knew eventually it would lead to me standing in a room like this. <laughs> and it's just fine, right? Men aren't allowed to have, let alone share their feelings, right? And there's a woman version of that too, but for me, like being vulnerable is the business model that we are living out every day. We have two podcasts in the top 10 at iTunes. The book sold the million point three units on the back of vulnerability. I'm gonna write a book. We're gonna create an empire. I'm absolutely certain of it. And you know why? Because I'm gonna keep saying things that nobody else says as a man. And if just a few of you men feel more comfortable joining me in that conversation, well, we'll change the entire world, period. Because sharing feelings, having feelings, the taboo that having feelings makes you less of a man is bullshit. Thank you. Uh, stability is more important than fulfillment, right? I could have worked at Disney until the day I died. I would have been rich and miserable, okay? The only time that you will grow is when you step into spaces that are uncertain, when you step into spaces that are uncomfortable. This room, for some of you, is you refuting stability as your business model. Congratulations. Whether you like it or not, you're gonna grow for having placed yourself inside of this environment that is making you uncomfortable because growth only takes place outside of your comfort zone. Okay? Uh, failure makes you weak. Uh, who I am, sorry, who I am is who I, uh, who I've been is who I am, right? There are people in this room that have made mistakes They've allowed it to become their identity. Okay. Limit what you can do in your relationship by clinging to and holding on to that thing you did that one time. Or let go of it. It doesn't mean that you don't have to still go to therapy to work through it with the person that you may have grieved for having made that mistake. But don't let it define who you are or limit who you can become. Failure makes you weak, failure makes you grow. If you are not in a position where you can fail, find one where you can, immediately. It is the fastest vehicle to grow. Oop. Uh, I did something wrong, so I am something wrong. I need to act, look, and be a certain way to be a good man. They kind of speak for themselves, but the bottom line is, these are mine. My challenge for you out of this weekend, for each of you, men and women, what are the limiting beliefs that are keeping you from becoming the version of who you want to be? If you don't know what they are, you can't get out of the way of them keeping you from where you're going. Be honest with yourself. And you don't, we don't have to do it right now, but make the note. Start with the list. And then start asking better questions about why you believe these lies that limit who you are now from becoming who you are ultimately meant to be. Fixed mindset versus growth mindset. This is a big idea, because you can't do anything with the list that you just made about your limiting beliefs unless you really dig into whether you identify yourself as someone who has a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. I lived almost my entire life with a fixed mindset. 
A fixed mindset is someone who says, intelligence is fixed. So ridiculous. It's a desire to look smarter, to act as though you've figured it out. Ultimately, people who have a fixed mindset have predetermined how big their life can be and how much impact it can have. Because they decided at some point early on that who they are in real time is as good as or as big as they can become. I was this person eight seconds ago. I mourn for that person that used to be in that mindset because the things I'm going to go accomplish now because of believing in a growth mindset are unbelievably bigger. A growth mindset person says that intelligence is developed, that anyone, all of us, can develop the skills to do anything that we feel called to do. Now, all of a sudden, if you have potential that's been gifted to you, but don't yet have the skills, instead of using the absence of skills as the limiting belief for you to become who God created you to be, you can just go to the library. You can just listen to something that Rachel says on a podcast. You can surround yourself with a better circle of five people that are going to pull you up instead of keeping you in a place that convinces you that who you are is as big as you're ever going to be. It's a desire to grow, a desire to learn. So what do people who have these mindsets do against each of these or through these different lenses? People that have a fixed mindset are like, oh, I can't do that thing, so I'm not going to try to do that thing. That puzzle's too hard, that test is too hard, this season will be too hard. The first time we challenged my fixed mindset as an adult was when we decided to go into foster care. Because the fixed mindset version of me said, we're not foster parents. We're not, we're not equipped. And we ended up pushing into that season and what I didn't realize at the time is that pushing into a season that was bigger than what I thought we could handle was transformative in me really appreciating that we can learn and can grow from experiences that feel like they're bigger than we can handle. Obstacles. You run into an obstacle in a fixed mindset, you're like, oh, that's right. I don't know how to run a marathon. So, uh, I'm glad I tried to run this first mile, but I'm definitely not cut out for this. I'll stop. Or the person with the growth mindset says, I don't know how to run a marathon, but I'll tell you what. I'm going to train, I'm going to train, I'm going to train. I believe that I can be better, and I'm going to get better, and as I do, I'm going to be able to run a marathon. Effort. They see effort in fruitless work. I had a record-setting year in 2016 at the Walt Disney Company. How about a pat on the back for the tall guy? Here we go. Selling Star Wars Force Awakens and Avengers. That was not hard. But I did get a nice Lucite trophy at the annual convention, right? No. They see, uh, people who are in a growth mindset see effort as the path to mastery, right? I had to jump out of the airplane that didn't create any need for effort 
because it was the only way I was actually going to become a master at anything bigger than what I had already mastered. Some of you are already the masters of the worlds that you sit inside of, which means you're not growing. And in part, you might sit there because you have this fixed mindset that this is all you can be. It's all you can become, and it's what you're on this earth to do. I challenge you to jump out of the airplane that is the fixed space that you sit inside of. Criticism. People with a fixed mindset, they'll ignore useful feedback. People with a growth mindset will learn from critics, learn from criticism. Now, as Rachel said, you got to choose who you allow to be critics in your world based on their mastery, based on their ability to help you grow. It doesn't mean listen to all critics, because we don't listen to a lot of critics. I'll be honest. There's a bunch of mean people on the internet. But <laughs> if someone speaks out of a place of authority, if someone speaks out of a place of having achieved something great, people with a growth mindset will listen, not with insecurity of the fact that they don't already know something, but with the thirst to now appreciate how they might incorporate the tools that they're representing in their future life. And then the success of others. And I think this is a really important one, because this idea of comparison part of what Rachel was talking about, it shows up in a big way in mindset. In a fixed mindset, people are threatened by the success of others. Whereas in a growth mindset, you see someone else succeeding and you go on a mission to understand what it is that they're doing to get the result that you wish you had. If you're in this room and your relationship isn't today where you'd like it to be, I hope you will find couples that have something that you don't currently have, sit with them at a meal and ask them how they approach dealing with mother-in-laws or balancing kids and ambition or whatever it might be, right? Your thing's gonna be different than my thing is gonna be different than the person at the table with you's thing. But find a way to sit with people who can help. The last one, and this is important because of the longevity of making the first two last, okay? You can make a list of all the reasons why you can't do things. You can make a list of whether you're fixed or growth mindset oriented. But if you don't understand your motivation, you can be great for a couple of days and then go right back in to struggle. Intrinsic versus Extrinsic. Intrinsic means that the motivation comes from inside of your bone marrow, inside of your soul, inside of your heart. You are feeling a calling and responding to and showing up for your life because it is something that lives as passion inside of you. Internal motivation, it is always present when you can tap into it. External motivation, something that I was driven by for many years, is present when report cards come out, or when you run home after having memorized a Bible verse, or when, like, when you get the little bell ring of success or the pat on the back for having done something good, you've been trained that external motivation is a thing that resonates with you. The people who are intrinsically motivated, they're fueled by likes, passion, self-growth, fulfillment, a meaning, a purpose, these deeper things that have lasting, lasting power. 
Whereas externally motivated people are fueled by incentives or rewards or grades or threats of punishment. If you don't do this, I won't love you, right? You're never gonna be all of one or the other. It's more being considerate of how you respond to most stimulus so that you can keep this thing going. If you walk out of this conference and you feel on fire, you feel like you're gonna go do all the things to make your relationship better, and convince yourself that the only way to do that is to sign up for four more conferences because the conference is the thing that's gonna make you better, you're gonna have a little bit better version of your marriage, a little bit better version of your relationship, but it's not gonna last if you're only gonna be great when you're sitting inside of a room with Hassan DJing and somebody standing on stage. I mean, Hassan should be the DJ for everything you do in life, but otherwise, right, like, you have to make the choice that growth is a thing that you are committed to personally, because if you do, when you do, it will, during the seasons that your partner doesn't feel like it, act as the thing that can help carry them through that time. It could become the thing that extrinsically motivates them to kind of catch up every once in a while. It's the thing that'll let it last. If you can do it for you, the chances that you can have a sustainably exceptional relationship are just that much higher. So, do, do do the work. I'm going to send this to everybody, like I said, but think about what your limiting beliefs are. Do the exercise. If you don't know what they are, you're not going to be able to look out for how you get out of your own way. Be honest about it, and honest about the reasons why they exist. Does this come because of my mom and the relationship I had with her when I was growing up? and I'm still at 43 holding on to this thing because I want my mom to love me for achieving, achieving things. The first thing that they ask when you go to a conference like Tony's is who did you want love from most when you were a kid between your mom and dad? And who did you have to be to achieve that love? Right? The version of you getting love at six. So for me, it was uh, needing to get good grades and be the person who could recite the Bible verses and score the goals and have trophies from soccer. And that informed, at six, those things informed how I showed up to my first big jobs at 20 and why it took me so long to leave the Walt Disney Company at 42. Make your list of what is limiting you from becoming who you are today and if you really want to get good at it, understand why those limiting beliefs exist. Take the next step into how your mind is wired. You fixed mindset person, you growth mindset person. The, the world that can sit in front of someone who is a growth mindset person is wide open. You achieve anything and everything, including an exceptional, exceptional marriage. And then ask yourself, ask yourself the question of how motivation is showing up for you. If it's intrinsic, the chances that it can last long, long, long after you've even given thought to it, it'll be a part of your self-conscious, it'll just be something that's happening in the background. 
is unbelievably higher than if you are dependent on someone else or something else giving you the motivation. Hey guys, if you liked today's episode, I hope that you will subscribe to the Rise Together podcast. You will get a notification every single time we have a new episode comes out, which is every Thursday. And take a picture, a screenshot, put it up on Instagram, tag Rise Together podcast, put it out to all of tag the humans Tag us so we can see and we yeah. can say thank you. Man, let everyone know. And if you <laughs> don't like word. it, don't tell don't, anyone. Yeah, just keep that to yourself, sister. Please.